I'm going to remind you of a couple of things that we're utilizing Machzor Lev Shalem, which is the golden brown Machzor the Temple Beth Am has been using for just inside of a decade. I'm going to share it on my screen as well as we're doing our learning. Uh, I'm also going to remind you that there are a couple of resources you have at your fingertips. One of them is this High Holy Day Playbill, which I'll share on the screen in a minute, and we'll do a little bit of review from last time. Secondarily, we're also, we also have those slides at our fingertips. We are not going to look at any slides today. Today, we're going to do a little review of that High Holy Day Playbill, and we're going to get right into the Cedor again. But I wanted to review of what we did in the Cedor up until this point. All right? So, let's... Yeah, the machzor at this point. You're right. Now, like just like every rectangle is a square, but not every square is a rectangle, correct? Right? Every, or is every square? Is that no, part of the universe? It's the other way around. The other I think way. Every square is a rectangle, I think. Every square is a rectangle, but not every rectangle is a square. That's correct. Okay, very good. Uh, that is true. Every machzor is a sidor, but not every sidor is a machzor. But Barbara's still correct. I still misspoke. But I, I did want to take the opportunity to say every machzor is a, is a type of sidor, but it still shouldn't be called a right. sidor. One night, it reminds me, we should review, though. One thing that we should and can review from last week is that um, we are, uh, we with this machsor, the reason that the machsor even exists in the first place is because there is so much material that comes from the High Holy Day liturgy that is not overlapping with the Sabbath or weekday liturgy that we need to have its own um, liturgy, its own sidor, its own prayer book for us to access. That's why the machsor exists. Last week, we began, and the week before, by the way, we began from the very beginning in the morning, even though I told you that the beginning of services actually begins in the evening, because vayhi era, vayhi voker, yom, whatever, we begin in the evening. Well, High Holy Days, every day begins in the evening. Uh, every day of the week begins in the evening. The, the prayer cycle begins in the evening, but we're still beginning our learning with the morning. We're starting with the morning blessings, and that's exactly where we began last week. So I'm going to pull up this High Holy Day playbill. So far, everybody who's here right now, I believe, was with us either last week or the week before, which had the same uh, set of um, kind of learning to it. So here is what we looked at um, our, our past unit. We took a look at Birkota Shachar. I'm going to remind you the stuff in blue is primarily in a category that overlaps with Shabbat or weekdays. It basically is the same stuff in terms of Nusach, the way I don't usually use that word. That is to say, the words of the liturgy. It primarily overlaps, but the music is what tells us what's different between Shabbat and weekdays and the High Holy Days. So, Birkota Shachar, Blessings of the Dawn, if you're looking in Lev Shalem, that begins on page 37. Birkota Shachar, that's where we started last week. We began by looking at what we began with in the home, and we went through some of the stuff 
We reviewed what requires a minion, that's the stuff in red. We went through some of the innovative psalms that were inserted into this particular machzor. We took a look at Mourner's Kaddish, and we looked at how the structure of that mimics basically weekdays and Shabbat writ large. Then we went to Pesuke de Zimra. We talked also last week a little bit about vocabulary and how that is Aramaic, basically means Pesukim Shel Zimra, which just means the verses of song. And those verses of song are mostly taken from the book of Psalms, and we cheat every day, actually. But every day of the High Holy Days, we cheat and we skip to the end of the book of Psalms to Psalm 150. But before we get there, we start with a poem. You know, I love to talk about how funny it is that Jews love poems. And yet, poems are anathema. They're the opposite. They are not what we need to say to do the other thing that we talked a lot about last time, which was chiyuv, which is fulfilling our obligation. We have a sacred obligation to be in prayerful, worshipful conversation with the divine, according to the rabbinic tradition, if that's the part of the rabbinic tradition that you, we ascribe to. That's chiyuv, that's obligation, that's the stuff we are committed to doing. Poetry is at the other end of the spectrum. That's just the stuff that people wrote and it sounds good, so it got printed, in this case, in the machzor. Baruch Shemar is a great poem. It ends with a blessing. Melech Mahulal Batish Bachot, the king who is uh, exalted in praises, basically. Uh, oh, I look at that. The sovereign exalted in praise. I'm like translating for myself freely as I already translated for myself on the page in front of all of us. Isn't that great? And then we're seated for the bulk of it. And we go through the Psalms that we do for Shabbat and festivals. We go through all those readings. We hit Ashrei, just as we hit Ashrei multiple times a day. We get to Psalm 150 and boom, symbolically, we finish the book. We took a look at Shiratayam. I mentioned how everybody loves that poem, but that poem's a biblical quote, but we might skip it this year. We took a quick look at Nishmat Kolchai. And then I told you we got into a bit of a gray zone here with all this pink poetry stuff. We're kind of in this gray zone. Are we in Shahrit? Are we not in Shahrit? I also told you, maybe you remember, why did I put the split for Shahrit here? What was the final decision? Why did I say for sure? This is where I'm going to call it the switch over to Shahrit, which translates to dawn, but is the service. Why did I say that I put that there? Do you remember? Music changes. Very close, because the music's already changed back here. So we're very close to that. So why did I put it here? I can't remember. It's because it's where the shaliach or shlichat zibor switches over. It's where the prayer leader Ah. switches over. So because it's where a new leader takes over, I say that's a new unit of prayer. We're going to say that's where it is. But the truth is the line is blurred. Right? Nishmat Kolchai is neither really here. What's the saying in Yiddish? Nishmat Yeah. Okay, fine. It's a very smushy phrase. Um, it is very gray zone, but the leader, the leader uh, switches over right here, and we took a look at how funny that page is edited there. If you take a look at page 145, it doesn't really indicate that, but Okay, that's where you start. The new leader starts at HaMelech, emphasizing the themes of Malchut, particularly on Rosh Hashanah, of sovereignty on the days of awe. 
we rise there for Yishtabach, and then, oh boy, the reason why this is highlighted in blue overall is that the structure of Shahri, which we are going to continue with in just a moment with some brand new material, not really new, but brand new for this cohort, we're going to continue with it in just a moment. We're going to go through how this structure basically mimics not only every weekday morning, every Shabbat morning, and every festival morning, how we do Baruchu, two blessings, Shema, another blessing, and Amidah. We do it every morning. We even do it every evening. It's the same structure. We love that structure. We get called to worship. We do a couple of blessings. We witness God's oneness. We say one more blessing about God having redeemed us. Right? The story of Egypt. And then Amidah. That is our structure every single time. Last time, we only got as far as the Shema and the witnessing and the oneness, which falls into the category of, by the way, and this is where I'll end and then I'll take some questions and thoughts and whatever else you might have to add. The Shema falls into the category of biblical quote. And it's not a blessing. It's not a blessing because it's not in the blessing formula. It's not Baruch HaTad Hashem. And it's not really a poem. I mean, you could call it a poem, but it's not a composed poem by a human hand in recent memory. It's a biblical quote about God's oneness and, and monotheism. And that's as far as we got last time. So I am going to stop the screen share and ask if there are any thoughts or questions. And then we're going to go back to it in just a minute. And we're going to look ahead at the playbill. And we're going to get ourselves a little bit further and look into the Mahsor. Any thoughts or questions on from carried over from last time? Dan. So, so since I missed last time, um, why is your page number 145 and not 67? In the blue, when you said it's switching over to Shahreed, it said, it says 145, but it's 66 before it and 68 below it. Oh, it should be 67. It's probably from it's probably carryover from the other C door. Oh, so you did, you, it was a cut and paste error, as we like to call it. Yes, I think it's a cut okay. and paste error. It should be. Okay. It should be. It should be. It should be, be 60, 69. Well, you have just 69 on the, uh, yeah. the, the script here. It should be 69. Okay, 69. Got it. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Should be 69. Very good. Okay, thanks. I'm glad you checked. Any other thoughts or questions or things you caught? It was a good catch. No? Okay, I'm super excited to keep going. Okay, so we are going to get far today. We are. We're going to do this. I'm so excited. So, uh, we're going to take a look at the playbill just for a minute, and I'm going to preview where I'd like us to get. We're going to see if we get this far today together. Now we're, we're just getting through Rosh Hashanah today. We're going to get through a lot of Shacharit and some of the Torah service today. That's where we're going to get today. But, uh, okay? Is there going to be another meeting after this for? Yes, this is, this is meeting three, and there are six meetings. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Hey? Cool. So this is this is half going to be halfway point after cool. this. Thank you. Yeah, you've got it. So we've gotten through blessing one or chadash al tzion ta'ir, right? A new light will shine over Zion. We got through that one. We again same exact language we use every day. Blessing number two, ahavara We love that melody. Then we got through the Shema. Uh, and then we're going to get to this next portion, which leads us up to, there's actually a whole thing, a whole poetry, but we're going to look at it. There's a whole page of poetry, emet, emet, emet. We like to say a lot about truth in there. We have, uh, Judy likes that part. There's a really great tune in there. Judy Weintraub likes that part. Um, we get through a whole bunch about God's truthfulness, the truth about God's divinity. And then we get to God being our redeemer, Ga'al Yisrael, and a little micha mocha, a little quoting. And we get to Ga'al Yisrael. And then we get to the Amidah. When we get to the Amidah, we're going to notice a few things. We're going to notice in the blue the parts of the structure that remain the same. I want you to notice with me. Let your eyes skip with me for a moment from the blue to the red, okay? Stick with me for a minute. The normative structure of the Amidah is that we go to our ancestors, right? We like to butter God up. Remember, God of our ancestors. Second part of buttering God up, God, you're super great. That's Gevurot, like Gibor. God, you are super great. That's the second part. Then to the red part, God's holiness. Okay, that part requires a minion. That's the normative structure of the Amidah, those first three parts. There's also a very, very funky thing that happens. I'm going to mention it when we get there about the Kedusha, where the Kedusha on the High Holy Days doesn't even end until a little bit later. We'll get there. Anyway, this is the normative structure of the Amidah. It's still there. It's still there, folks. Okay? It's still there, but there's some stuff stuffed in between. The bright green stuff is only there on the high holy days, okay? So is the pink stuff, but the bright green stuff is there as miniature prayerful insertions, not intended as full poems or pew team. They're intended as miniature prayerful insertions to be said at special times of the year, specifically on the high holy days, and some of them said on... Um, on uh, the Aseret Jumei Tshuva, the 10 days in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, right? And then these pink things, poems, right? These are Piyutim, which we're going to look like look at. And those are totally optional poems that get thrown in there, which are like, you know what, friends? I know we're in the middle of an Amidah, but how about some poetry, that's what those are. That's all they are, okay? They're just some ripe, awesome, beautiful. It's Rosh Hashanah. What better could we have to do than open our hearts and our souls to God? Let's pray a little poetry. That's all they are. So we're going to look at those two. And then we get to the Kedusha. So the normal structure is there. Avot, Givurot, Kedusha. Okay? The normal structure is there. And then... Follow, follow, follow with me for just a second here. The normal structure is this. Then there is this structure. Remember that we skipped to the Kedusha? We're going to see what happens here is 
that we get to several paragraphs of God choosing us. That's a little extra little blessing we get in there. Yahweh the Yavo, which we get any time we get to a new season. This Then we get to a paragraph. We always get to an Elokeinu Ritzei paragraph. God's, God's wanting. We want God to want something in a season. We'll get there too. That's the Maloch paragraph. So this is a normal structure for a special festival day. And then we get back to a normal structure for every single day of the week. Modim, gratitude to God, the priestly blessing, right, which we sometimes say at Friday nights at home, and Sim Shalom. So if you, if you were to zoom out of this, I know it makes it tiny, but just bear with me for a second. If you were to zoom out of this. Pardon me. What's that? What is the Hatima? Like, what is a Hatima or where? No, what? A Hatima. The word, I'm so glad you asked, the word Hatima literally means seal, like what a, um, like a wax seal on an envelope. Lachtom, to seal, to stamp. Chatima is one noun form that refers to the end blessing that seals off the end of a prayerful paragraph. So a chatima either means literally the blessing that kind of cinches off the end of a paragraph, or Sometimes it's used a little bit colloquially, but like sometimes it's used to to refer to that same thing at the end of a psalm. So I might say at the end of the, a psalm for Kabbalat Shabbat, right, at the end of each of those psalms that we go through on Friday night, that I call the end of those paragraphs also a hatima, just a seal, a signature. Okay. Um, okay, so when you look at the structure, way zoomed out, forget about the words, just look at the structure these first three parts, the blue, blue, and red, and the blue, blue, and blue, are totally normal to even every single day on the Amidah. It's just this middle section that gets all special for Rosh Hashanah. That makes sense? This is where we get all of our very special, para- especially those Uvachain Tain paragraphs we get to look at. Somebody asked me something Oh, I know. I think Barbara asked me last week. I can't remember if it was you or someone else asked me what happens about. Uh, no, it was something where I said Uvachintain paragraphs are going to be the demonstration of it. I have to listen back to the tape. I think it was something about the music where it was like, is it, oh, is it written out music for every paragraph? Or, or are you just like, could you kind of sing anything to it? Yeah, at the end of last class, we were talking about that. And. Here in this, that, that's a, we're, when we get to that Uvachintain paragraph, I'm going to show you something about that. All right, let's look at it together. We're going to spend some time going through the pages. And uh, I'm really excited. I'm going to try to keep an eye on your faces and feel free to unmute yourselves and say, I recognize that or what the heck are we looking at here? So here we go. I'm going to stop before, this. Before you get to that, one second. Sure. See, so you have the Katimar several places, and a couple of them you have kind of tongue-in-cheek comments yeah. uh, on that. Um, what exactly is the Katimar? How does it do it? And uh, what, what makes it a big favor? That's why I'm, that's exactly what I was explaining to Barbara, was a Katima is literally the blessing that seals off the end of a paragraph. Okay, so the right. Katima is the blessing. 
The Khatima itself is the the blessing that ends a paragraph. Uh, so it is literally the the blessing that that um, that or sometimes the end of a psalm that that seals off and ends the paragraph. So Baruch Hashem. Whatever ends the paragraph, right? So the the end of the paragraph of of, of uh, the Khatima, for example, um, of uh, of the Kivanu Vacharta, Veotanu Kitash, Tami Kohamin, the Shabbat Kochabi Ahavahu Ratson, Hin Khatanu. Get ready, here's the Khatima. Baruch Hashem. Okay? I got it. Thank you. What you're saying, actually, is that's where the little mark is in the prayer books to indicate where the chazan comes in and says it out loud when the rest of the prayer is said silently. Barbara made up middle name, Brieger. Absolutely. That is exactly what I am saying, uh, is that that is where Ashkenazi chazanim come in. That is exactly it. Yep. A hundred percent, you nailed it. Ashkenazi Chazanim, that is where we both, and by the way, you know, we have a name for the top one too. I'm going to type it in the chat box. Are you ready? So the Chatima, I forgive that I can't put an underlined H in the chat box. Here we go. Chatima, that's the seal, okay? I'll put it in, in, um, in Hebrew as well, okay, so you can see okay, and I want you to see in the same Hebrew form, I'm going to put in, in here, oh, this is very weird font in the English, what is happening in the English, there we go, all right, and then I'm going to, that looks normal, a nice computer anyway, yeah, it looks very weird on mine, so it must be me, um, so, Peticha, which I think even if you don't know Hebrew so well, you can tell that it's the same form, right? It's the same. You can see the parallel form of the word. Uh, like what? Like Exactly. Very good, Bonnie. So like liftoach or petach, like an opening. A peticha is the opposite of a chatima. So a peticha is the opening couple of verses. So Barbara, when a chazan starts a paragraph and then drifts away, <laughs> like just bumbles off. That's called a peticha, an opening. So it's the it's the opposite and the parallel. It's exactly it. And sometimes that's marked too, right? That's a peticha. And then that's a chatima. It doesn't even start with a bracha, but it's a chatima. You hear what I'm saying? It doesn't even have to start with a bracha, but it's a chatima because I began, because I chose to begin there. That makes sense? I, I started back there because I like to hear the sound of my own voice. I don't know. But because I started there, it became the chatima. All right? Yay for vocabulary. Judy, jump on in. Yes. I'm going back to page 78. Yes. I'm looking at page 78. Or I will be. The Emmet page. Yes. We haven't gotten there yet, but sure. We've not gotten there yet? We have not gotten there yet. We're about to. I'm going to do this in the spirit of the Pitiha Hatima conversation. Sure, go for it. And then we'll we'll look at it together in a second. Yeah. Triangles. 
mm -hmm. inward. Mm -hmm. When they were so close together, mm -hmm. that's confusing for me. Yeah, I find that confusing too. The reason why we do that in that particular paragraph, and it is very confusing, but the reason why there's an extra peticha and chatima there, which is not like really clear why, I believe, why we do lidur vador hu kayam ushmo kayam, is because there is a custom, I believe the reason why that exists there marked off, is that there's a custom for a lot of people to release their gathered tzitziot at the word la'ad. So I think the reason why that's marked there to do it out loud is because of that custom. I don't know for certain. I would be curious to know if someone has a better answer to that than I have. That would be very interesting. Um, interesting because he went as far as one sentence. And I thought, if you just keep reading to the next triangle, then um, why do you the second one? So are you saying that if you are too close together, can we just read out loud that first sentence and jump back in with Emmet, Shabbatahu Hashem? and go to the end of that short paragraph. Yeah. Yep. Okay, thank you. You got it. All right, so now that we've gotten a little preview of it, let's look to that section post-Shema and pre-Amidah, and we're going to get through that Amidah together. I'm committed, but I don't want to rush it. So if we're not... if if. We get slowed down by great questions. That's the best reason in the universe to slow down. So here we go. I'm going to share my screen with you again and go over to the Mahsor. Again, I ask for your patience with this funky reader, but I think we got this. I'm looking forward to it. All right, so we're going to go to page we're going to go to page, uh, let's see, let's, let's start with, uh, let's start with Shema 77, okay? So we start, we stopped and started here. So we've gotten, we're, after the blessing that we saw, uh, that, which was the second official blessing, right? We had the blessings of light, and then we get the blessing of love. Now we're on to the blessing of, now we're on to the biblical quote of Shema, we have three paragraphs of Shema. We get one, two. We get to the next paragraph, three. Remember that this course and all the courses that I've been teaching recently are about navigating as a member of the Kahal. This is not necessarily about leading it. If we were getting into that, I'd have other things to say. But if you're following along as the member of a Kahal, you should know. The intention here is to give you as much time as you need to read through every word very precisely of the Shema on your own. The leader is going to look around and see are people done reading on their own. They're actually looking for you to give them visual cues that you're done. And when they see that most people, 60% or more, are done, they're going to move on by doing Adoshem Elokechem Emet. They're going to finish and move on to this next paragraph. This is where Judy was pointing to uh, the multiple indications that a chazan or shaliach or shlichat zibor, whoever is leading, might come in and lead, right? They might do a line or two here, right? I'm trying to get into the nusach in my mind. Um, She's always ahead of me. I can't stand it. What's that? She's always ahead of me. I can't stand it. 
Yeah, I, she's ahead of me too. I'm trying to get my head into the new song. Um Emet shatahu adonai heloheinu, velohe havoteinu, malkinu malech havoteinu, goalinu goel havoteinu, yotreinu tzor yeshuateinu, vodinu matilinu meolam shemecha, in Elohim zulatecha. And then they're going to pick up with Hezrat avoteinu, atahu meolam. And then you've got this long page. And it's a lovely, long, poetic, uh, human-composed entry into the concept of God being a goel, a redeemer. If you look at the English, it's beautiful. From Egypt, you have redeemed us, God, our Lord. Right? And freed us from... By the way, how do you know it's poetry? This thing we talked about in our Sidor class called Teak Bullet, which you see all the time in English poetry. But man, oh man, do the writers of poetry and the Sidor love to use this. It's saying the same thing twice, but with different words, which is very Jewish, <laughs> right? So, In this case, it's actually a reverse teak bullet, like it's inverted. It's an inverted parallelism. So, do you see what I'm saying? Adonai, our God, you redeemed us from Egypt, uh, and you freed us from the house of bondage. Their firstborn, you slay, your firstborn, you redeemed. Yeah. Right, but just those first two verses, they're just saying the same thing. Right. Just twice, right? You're right. Again, saying the same thing twice in a row, right? Um, you split the sea, you drowned the wicked, you rescued your cherished ones up. We're out of the parallels. But now we're retelling the entire story again. Hey, we already did this. We already did Shiratayam. But you know what? We're going to tell the story twice because God performed this miracle for us and we don't want to forget about it anytime soon. So we're going to go to the next page because. That whole page we sort of do privately until we get here and you see that little indication that we're approaching communal singing again. And usually the leader leads here. Look at this sneaky word in here. That never existed before in a machzor or a sidor. But look at it. I'm going to show you right now. Hang on. Let me zoom in. Here it is. It snuck in there. Moshe umiriam. Now, Miriam was always in this moment, but she wasn't always in the Sidor Machsor. Some editions of this Machsor, I think early on, had it in red brackets, but I think eventually it made it just into the black print. I could be wrong. I could, that, I could be thinking of a different word that was that had that switch happen in different editions. Uh, but Miriam does not exist in traditional slash Orthodox world Machsorim or Sidorim, right? Remembering that this liturgy exists in everyday liturgy, right? This is every Shabbat service, every weekday service. Before me, I'm a quick question backing up for a second. Yeah. The second, the second paragraph of the Shema Baruch Shem Kavod is said uh, quietly except for Yom Kippur. 
I'm going to put that in the parking lot and I will answer that very happily in class five. Okay. When we get to Yom Kippur. But it's going in the parking lot, okay? I promise yeah. not to forget. All right. So we're, so Miriam makes it into this moment, okay? And I just don't want you to trip over it. If you didn't grow up saying this word, that's okay. I didn't either. So Moshe, Ubene Israel, if I knew And then we're at Michamocha. You know Michamocha. Right? Who is like you, God, among the other gods? The theology of that is amazing. That's so cool. By the way, direct quote from Shirat Hayam. Biblical quote. We already said that earlier in the morning, remember? Shirat Hayam, that's a direct quote. And also represents the theology of the time of the Israelites who were coming out of Egypt and the ancient world in which God, meaning Elohim, was just one of many, many, many gods, and he was the best, right? God was the best God. Who is like you among the god gods? I mean, it's rhetorical. We know that. That's not the point I'm pointing out, right? But, but my point is that theology of God being unlike any of the other gods requires you to acknowledge that there are other gods, right? By the way, there's another moment we're about to get to in the Torah service where that's going to happen again. That's a teaser, which requires us to get to the Torah service, so I better move on. Then we get to this line. This line, the leader says first, and then you as the kahal, you as the, the congregation are expected to sort of follow. So I do, shira chadesha shibuchu geolim. And then you do, shira chadesha shibuchu geolim, yam, yachad kulam hodu vihim lichu v'yameru, adonaim loch le'olam v'ahed. And then you're probably going to sing Story Israel, because we all love to sing it, right? Sur Yisrael, even if it's out of New South Wales. Sure. And then we finish with the Chatima or this Bracha, which praises God as the Ga'al Yisrael. I want to say something which I did not say when I taught the Sidur class. So this is new. This is true of both the Sidur and the Machsor. Okay? Every time you get to a, a, a Chatima like this, I want to say two things. And Verid can back me up on this, okay? This is both saying this is both a sentence and also giving God a name at the same time. Okay? So I want to say that this is both talking about God taking an action and also giving God a name at the same time. So this is both saying, Blessed are you, God, who redeems Israel, right? Ga'al Yisrael. Right? God re- redeeming Israel, redeems Israel. We could talk about the verb um, tense, but the point is it, it could be active, but it also is talking about Ga'al Yisrael as the name of God. Every time that we get to Chatima in this form, we are, we are doing the same thing, right? Uh, we're saying, Oheva Mo Yisrael, God who loves his people Israel, or God, lover of his people Israel, right? So we are all, we are, at the same time, we're, we're saying what God does, we're also giving God names constantly in blessing God, right? Vera, do you want to sharpen that? Um, yeah, I want to say that <clears throat> I would like it to be a name, had the verb be in present tense. Like you said, go ohev Israel or shomer Israel. 
this verb here is put in past tense. So normally the present tense can be also the adjective describing the subject. So this is a little bit different, but yes, you can stretch it. The verb here is put in past tense, not in present as I wanted it to be. But it still can be, you know, the name, the one who redeems Israel, like the redeemer of Israel. Or the one who redeemed Israel. Yes. Right? Because it really is a past tense story in this case. Right. Right. I'm with you. And my theology wants it to be go El Yisrael. Right. Right? It's like it's Oheva Moisrael. It wants it to be this ongoing or present tense verb. Mm -hmm. Even though present tense doesn't really exist, I'm with you. But at least we might say Ga'al Yisrael might be saying the one who redeemed Israel. Israel. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, it's a, I'm sorry, just one remark. Sure, sure. In the previous line, yes. So you have go aleno, so yes. goel, mm-hmm. as he redeems us, Adonai's world. So it refers to right. him in the right tense. But <clears throat> yeah, right. okay, we'll go on with this. Our Redeemer, Adonai, yes. the right, Shemo, the house, right? Well, we could we could go on forever. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's um, let's go to the Amida. Under normal circumstances, we would then go into Belachash. We would go into a whisper. I'm going to zoom out again so I can turn the page digitally, and then we would go into our repetition. The way that the Sidor is designed, it's important that you know that when you get to the part that says to feel. I don't know why I'm pointing at my screen. That's not going to help you. Um, I'll point with a, a cursor. When it says tefillat ha'amida chazarat b'shatz, that it's really important that you see that this says chazarat shatz and not the belachash one. And that this one says the silent amida for Rosh Hashanah may be found on page X right here. You want to make sure that you're not doing the one that's out loud privately because the one that's out loud contains all sorts of the poetry that we're talking about that is definitely not required to do privately. Right? Part of what I'm trying to get across to you is that we have this remarkable opportunity in this time of COVID This is not silver lining language. I'm saying we have a remarkable opportunity in this time of COVID to focus on what it means to be praying kiyachid as individuals. And there is a whole practice in Judaism of what is the liturgy for an individual to pray, not just what do you pray when you're in a community. And there's a bigger picture to that. Like, what do you do when you do mincha at home on your own away from community? But we see miniature moments of this even in the context of a community service, like right here. Like, oh, hey, everybody, go to your corners and, and pray your your whispered Amidah, right? That's what we're saying in this moment that I'm holding you in right now. So what I'm saying is in this moment, don't forget the liturgy that an individual says is actually a different and shrunken liturgy from the one that we are about to look at together, the expanded one. It does not include the expanded Kedusha. It doesn't include all of the extra poetry. 
So make sure that you follow the instruction right here that says the silent Amidah, should say whispered, for Rosh Hashanah may be found on page 11. Okay? So then, and because it's the same as the one that we say in the evening, that's why it's um, way back on that page. So then, after the whispered Amidah, we go to the repetition. Let's look at it. You ready? I'm so excited. This part should look really familiar. You can follow along in your outlines if you like, in the playbill if you like. Here we begin with super familiar territory. On a Shabbat, we begin Baruch Doshem, right? You recognize that? On a weekday, we begin Baruch Doshem, same, same stuff. On High Holy Days, Baruch Doshem. Hello, Kainu, Hello, Kavotainu, Hello, Kavaham, Hello, Kaishak, Hello, Kayakom. It's just different Nusa, but it's the same, same paragraph until, until Laman Shemo Beahava. And then, whoa, hold your horses. You got a little paragraph that's going to be what we call a reshoot. Reshoot has two meanings it's a category of poetry. And it also means like, ooh, it's almost untranslatable in a super cool way. It means permissible, but in like a, you have permission to do it or not do it. Is that, that's terribly translated, but it's one of those like almost untranslatably cool words. Reshut. It's in like the maybe, maybe not category. Okay. But it's really cool. It's a category of, of poetry. Um, that we include, especially on this holiday, and it actually has its own Nusach. I want you to listen out for it this year. You're going to catch this special Nusach uh, kind of sprinkled throughout the holidays. And almost everyone I know at Temple Batham who leads services knows the special Nusach that belongs to it. Does anyone know what belongs just to Misod? No. Misod hachamim unavonim. Oh my God, it's the best news off, you guys. Yeah, but how does someone who doesn't have a lovely, well-trained cantorial voice sound singing that? You sound I mean, wonderful. Thank you. I think they do something like something like that. Oh, that one. That's what I grew up with. <laughs> but Misoda Chamim has a very uh, it has both music. And it's literally, do you see how it's literally set apart on the page differently? Every indication that, whoops, you're in totally different territory. Everyone see how the structure is set up. The music, the editing, the, the like, the atmosphere. It's like, everything's supposed to be like, oh, friend, we're in, not in Kansas anymore, right? It's like letting you know. And then after... The ark opens if you have a minion present and you can open the ark. And oh my gosh, won't that be great this year if we can do that? Okay. And then next page. It says the ark is closed. 
Oh, it's the ark is closed there. Wait, that doesn't make sense. The ark should be open. But in the next in the next page, we rise as the ark is open. Yeah, that's. Oh, that's I'm sorry, that's just the English. Uh, yeah, yeah the ark is closed. Yeah, that's that shouldn't be that's that's that shouldn't that shouldn't happen there. That's very weird. Uh, Rabbi Jordan. Yes. I didn't write it. I'm just a messenger. Yeah, no, I I think that that's an editorial. I disagree with editorial note there. I think it should be left open there. Yes. Yes, Vered. Um, if I recall correctly, on the structure that you showed us, yes, colors on page eighty-one where you got to misot hachamim. Yes, I believe you said misot kohanim. Let's find out. Oh wait, I didn't have to unshare. Misot hachamim. Yeah, page eighty-one. I. Uh, it's right there. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. that. No, no, it's okay. I'm okay. glad you checked. I could have made, yeah. made that mistake easily. No, no, no. Okay, thank no. you. No, it's no problem. So that's Misora Hamim that only appears there that does not appear in the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and uh, Yom Kippur. That's just on Rosh Hashanah itself, okay? And then... Zochreinu, right? So either Zochreinu Lechaim or Zochreinu Lechaim, probably one or the other of that. We sing together. The reason it's bolded is because the editorial choice here is to bold stuff they anticipate congregational singing in. That's the only reason it's bolded, okay? Just so you know, if you're wondering why it's sitting in bold there. Then we get to, we're, we're right back into... If you're following along in the playbill structure after the Zohreinu Lechaim, remember us for life. Melech hafez b'chaim, God who, who desires life, right? God who, is, who wants and chooses in life. Zohreinu Lechaim, Melech hafez b'chaim, v'chotveinu b'sefer ha'chaim, and the one who writes in the, in the book of life, l'manecha, and for, 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 for you, for your sake, Elohim Chaim, God of life. Keep an eye out for this because at the very end of Ne'ilah, we're going to get to Vechotmenu and seals us. What does that remind you of? Vechotmenu? Khatima. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur and Khatima. What did, what did we just learn all about? Gemar Khatima Tova. Sealing, sealing. Right. And what is Gemar Khatima Tova all about? Hey, we found a connection between the High Holy Days and our vocabulary in the Machzor. So, Gemar Chatimatova is exactly that same word, right? Seal us in the Book of Life. When we are saying seal us in the Book of Life, Chatima, it's that same seal. We're picturing the wax seal of the of the sovereign, of the heavenly sovereign on the Book of Life, dripping wax and placing that seal. So we are going from the moment of to at Ne'ilah, at the locking and sealing of the gates, we're going to get there. And that last, that, that extra bonus Amidah we're going to get to, okay? It's so cool when we get to that. When I daven that as a chazan every year, chills, like it's so cool. So keep your eye out for that. And then after that's done, we get to... Ah, we're back in normal Amidah territory. Baruch Adonai, but just kidding, that's not the Nusach there, right? 
Baruch atah Adonai, Magid Avraham, Ufokid Sarah, because we're in High Holy Days. And then, Atagi Borle, Olam Adonai, Mechayim, Itim, Atah, Rav, Lehoshia. Normal Mechal Kel Chaim Bechesed, except because it's so normal, the thing is, it's it's normal words, so it can't be normal music. You hear what I'm saying? Right? Obviously. That's why we have That's why we have all that music like that. Right? Because if we had normal music there, it would feel like Shabbos. I'm singing it so beautifully. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I love it, Varen. I love it. It's like, it's. I like your soundtrack. Um, so it, sounds, it sounds like um, it sounds like the High Holy Days, which is important because the words are normal. When we get through, don't forget, um, that is an extra line, okay? Doesn't um, it, it doesn't belong anywhere else except for on the High Holy Days, who is like you, is an extra mi It starts like other lines, but avarachamim zucher yitzurav v'chayim barachamim, who remembers um, your your creations um, with compassion barachamim. It's a quality of God that we call on a lot in this season, right? Rachamim, we call on that quality of God a lot. V'nem manata l'chayot meitim, baruch adonai mechayi ha-meitim. Chatima, first of all, want to point that out. Second of all, in every Amidah ever, okay? And then, up oh, now we are in funny territory. To signify that we enter weird territory, the cantor goes into major. Because everyone needs a little attention to the fact that we are in a weird part. And then we get to these Pew team. We are not going to spend time because this is not a class on Piyut. I just want to point out you could spend some time on this on your own. There are three choices here. They're given Aleph, Bed, and Gimel to let you know, hey, maybe as a community you would want to choose one or two or three of these to do responsibly given the time that you have in your community to do and celebrate this moment. Again, just like I said before, all they are are, hey, this is a nice moment. Why don't we say a poem? That's all it is. Is this another one where the leader makes that decision? Uh, yes. That is a moment where the leader makes that decision. And in any service that you're in this year, there is no way that you're doing any of these. Uh, uh, yes, I was going to ask. We're not going to be doing these. I, I can't imagine, for the sake of time, whether it's that you're on Zoom and no one has any attention span, or you're on you know, a field or a backyard and, and you, you know, don't have uh, much time to be safely together, I can't imagine doing any of these this year. So here's one. Here's two. This is Adonai Melech, Adonai Malach, Adonai Imloch Le'olam, Va'ed. And here is um, Biyom Din. Okay, so these are each of them popular in their own right. And then we get to the Kedusha. The Kedusha is mostly a totally normal Kedusha textually for the uh, for Shachri. There are two things I want to point out in terms of the textual structure, and one thing I want to say about the music. I'll say the music thing first. 
The music for the Shachri Kedusha is totally different on Rosh Hashanah than it is at any other time because the text of it is pretty much the same as any other time. So that's pretty much the rule. The closer the text is to the regular weekday or Shabbat, the weirder the Nusach probably is going to get to signify it's not the normal time of the year. Now I want to point out the two differentiations in terms of the text. The first is, Right? It's just teasing something. What's that tune teasing? Anyone recognize it? A lot of people like to do that line to Unitane Tokef because in one, is it two pages or three? I don't know. My page is turning very slowly digitally. The heat is slowing the internet today. Uh, it's one or two pages down the line. We get to Unitane Tokef. So it's teasing Unitane Tokef. So it's Uvechein Ulecha. Now may our sanctification rise up to you because Kiv Neim Rome, we're going to pass before God in the Holy Throne. It's like a little musical drush. Then we get to the text, but then we get to the bottom of the text, totally normal text until Lo Yamush Leolamein, right? Shouldn't, shouldn't be Yamush, shouldn't be, shouldn't be um, um, like uh, taken off of our lips uh, ever, ever, ever. Kiyomelech, because you're the, like, you're the God, the King, the big one, Gadol, the Kadoshata, and you are, you're, you're sacred. And then it just stops. <laughs> There's no Hatima. Okay? It just stops there. But we have mercy on people, so we let them be seated, except for the Chazans. We just stop there without finishing. And then we go to this page, and it's this cool triplicate series of paragraphs special to the High Holy Days. And it speaks about, um, it, it, it's like a very interesting um, set of poetic additions. There's actually a nice little history of it on the right side of the page here. You can read about it, right? Ascribed by many scholars to the third century, may constitute the earliest poetic additions to the Amidah. They mean to any Amidah, okay? These may be the earliest poetic additions ever made to any Amidah. It's lovely, uvachin, and therefore, and thus, God. And lovely, lovely, lovely paragraphs. These are the first place in the Amidah where you often um, hear the Chazan do a series of motifs that are unique to the High Holy Day Amidah. Usually what Chazanim in the Ashkenazi tradition learn are motifs that they do like little musical sets of patterns that we learn and that we apply in a certain order, one after another, and that we use over and over, kind of like trope, but at our discretion. And it's an improvisation throughout it. So I'm not doing a set as opposed to Alenu or maybe a setting of Unitana Togef, which is a through composed musical piece. It's a whole through composed beautiful piece, right? I'm going to do something like this. That's a motif. Da 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 da. Al kol ma she parata. 
ta 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 Virauha Kolamasim That's another motif. Right? Also major. Uh, it's actually called Ukrainian Dorian. Okay? So that's it's the Ukrainian Dorian mode. It's a Dorian mode, but it's the Ukrainian Dorian motif going to the seventh. So what I'll do is like this, something like this. The la Here, I'll go to the major for you, Joel. Ready? I'll stay in it for a second. That's and now I'm gonna go out of the major. Now, I'm going to tell you something really funny. I did not grow up at a shul with a crowd of people that did this, but I went to be an intern at a shul in White Meadow Lake in New Jersey. Hopefully, nobody listens to this on Apple Podcast from that shul and like tells this person what, I, what I'm about to say. But instead of there being a crowd of people who did this, there was one guy who did this. In some older shuls, there is a group of usually men, but I guess all sorts of people who respond to this kind of motif, not with an amen, because it's not a bracha, right? So there doesn't need an amen, but they actually have a they actually have like this little responsorial musical thing that they would do every time you end a paragraph. So I go, and they would go, every paragraph for an entire Amidah, right? And then I get to the end of the paragraph, every paragraph. And it was, was that a conservative show? Yes. What? Did yep. you read the Heschel uh, little blurb there on, uh, on the English side? I did not. It, they're talking about how because there's three different uh, uh, paragraphs, that it, it, perhaps it's the will of God that there should be diversity in the forms of devo- devotion, and that's why it's structured this way. Interesting for okay. these times. That is, that is beautiful, as lovely, and I will say... There's so many side commentaries in this Mahzor I've never read because I'm usually too busy davening from it, and that's a shame. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, and that's what I do when I don't know the, uh, the davening. Yeah, you can, you can read a little A.J. Heschel. Good good call, Joel. Heschel's always a good call. Um, all right, let's get a little bit further before we end for the night. Uh, so after we get through these three of Echaintains, and I wanted to, to demonstrate a little bit of that whole motif business because... It really is a matter of improvisational um, work. It is not, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not a pre-composed piece. It's a it's it's something that we're we're often doing on the spot. Um, mm-hmm. I, on eighty-eight, we get finally to the end of the kedusha, right? Right? 
Baruch Atadoshem Hamelech Hakadosh. Now, normally, this would be Ha'el Hakadosh. But starting on Rosh Hashanah and all the way through the entirety of the 10 days of Ah, this becomes Hamelech Hakadosh. Not Ha'el, the God who is the Holy One, right? Ha'el Hakadosh. Again, a name, right? Ha'el, the, one, the God who is the Holy, the Holy God. But here, the King who is the Holy One. It just switches for the entirety. It's like, I think of it the way that the Torahs change clothes, right? You see what I'm saying? Right? They switch over to the white garments. I think of this bracha as like changing garments. This blessing changes garments for the holidays. It becomes the king that is the holy one, not the God that is the holy one. It's just a different outfit for the, for like the week in change. That makes sense? It, it's, it's still the same kind of Hush, the same kind of feeling, but instead it's focused on the sovereignty, the kingship. Okay? And then we get to God, you've chosen us from all the peoples. Very similar to the language, by the way, of Shabbat Mincha. You've chosen us from among all people, right? You've loved us, you've wanted us. You've raised us up, right? sanctified us with your commandments. You brought us close with your holy work. Probably means sacrifices. Um, and you call this by your great and holy name. And you gave it to us, God, this day. Now we're going to get into it. Now we're getting into the sanctification of the day, the Kedushat Hayom. Because, and this is where we're, we may have to like leave it off for the day. We'll see how long you have the, the Zisflesh to stick with me, okay? If you, if you can, if you have the patience to, to get through this next little part tonight, or we may have to end for the evening and leave on a cliffhanger. But this is the part in the Amidah where structurally, on a weekday, this is the part where I say, if you only ever come to services on Shabbat, you're missing out because on weekdays, three times a day, we ask for like everything. Okay. The whole middle section of weekday prayers for 13 paragraphs is, and I want this and I want that. And we'd like this. And it would sure be nice if you do that. Right. So we start with the personal. It's like, you know, health would be great, right? Nice weather would be great. And, the land. and then like we go to, you know, please return our prophets and our people and return us the land and peace would be great. That whole middle section on Shabbat and on holidays, we just lift it out and neatly replace it with, on Shabbat, praises for Shabbat. And on sanctified days, we replace it with, this day is real nice, God. Thank you so much for it. So this is that part, okay? This is the thank, thanks for Rosh Hashanah. That's this part. So you're really missing out if you're not praying every day because you're missing out on all the good, juicy please give me all the fun stuff part. Um, but this is the part where we thank God for giving us a great day. And this is a very familiar paragraph if you've ever done any Rosh Chodesh davening, which by the way, Chodesh Tov, it's Rosh Chodesh Elul as of this evening. So if you've ever done any kind of Rosh Chodesh davening, even on a weekday, you've seen this paragraph, um, there's no blank spot in here for, you know, do do this on this day or this on that day because it's actually plugged in for, for Rosh Hashanah here. So, and... Um, you gave us, God, this Yom Hazikaron, right? This day of 
of remembrance, a day for recalling the Yom Teruah, that Teruah is the sounding of the shofar, Mikra Kodesh, it's called a sanctified day, Zecher Litziat Mitzrayim, a remembrance of the exodus from Egypt. Who knows why, but every day somehow became a Zecher Litziat Mitzrayim. Just kind of everything became that, right? We, we like mentioning the exodus from Egypt because God is a redeemer and that feels great. Then we get this whole Yale Vo paragraph. We get this every single time there's a new month. And you know what? Rosh Hashanah is just a new month, okay? I mean, it is, it's a big new month, but it's a new month. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just another Rosh Chodesh. It just happens to be the big one. So this is just the paragraph we get every single Rosh Chodesh on Rosh Chodesh Davening, including today. Right? It just happens it's Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, which is the big one. Today is Rosh Chodesh Elul. We're going to say the same one tomorrow morning if you come to services. Okay? 7.30. It's a little less reasonable timing. And then we get to the Elokeinu Ritzay paragraph. We always get to these big paragraphs. This one's just a little longer than usual. This is extra melechi. It's, it's an extra kingshipy paragraph that we get in here. It's a beautiful, extra, little paragraph about God's sovereignty. That's all it is. And it's an extra, it's actually kind of a tongue twistery paragraph. I always trip it up every year. Don't listen to me carefully when I daub in it. I trip it up every year. Um, but it's an extra paragraph about sovereignty. And then we get to the Elokeinu Ritzei paragraph. We say it every Shabbat. And if you look carefully at the red words, you'll recognize the Shabbati words, right? Because on Shabbat we say, so if you read the red words, you see the Shabbat ones, right? But if you read the the black words, the ones that are the, the standard ones, you'll see the ones for uh, for Rosh Hashanah, which are, thank you, God, for giving us this part, right? You've given us, right? You've kept us holy through mitzvahs, through commanding us, and let the Torah be our portion, First day Rosh Hashanah, we're going to be saying those words this year. You beat me to it, Barbara. You're totally right. And so we have to say both. And you know what that does? It ruins the tunes for everything. <laughs> it ruins the Shabbat tunes because then I got to fit the Rosh Hashanah stuff in. And it ruins the Rosh Hashanah tunes. Can I show you? Ready? Here, look down with me. Ready? It ruins everything. Those t- so you have to wait till Sunday to sing it right. So it ruins everything when it's on Shema. But I'm responsible for that. I want a recording. Ah, very good. Well, you'll get a recording of, of seven different services this year. Just you wait. So, um, Barbara, you're totally right. The first day of your uh, Rosh Hashanah this year, we have to include that too. Oh my gosh, we almost got through the Amidah. Can we do it? Let's get through it. Because all of a sudden, we're done with the Elokeinu Ritzei paragraph that we get in every Amidah. Are you following me structurally? We got through that middle chunk where we take out the stuff that we asked for. Instead, we stuck in, thank you for Rosh Hashanah. And now we got through the guide. We always get the Elokeinu Ritzei paragraph that ends with a Mikadesh Yisrael, the Yom, whatever, who sanctifies Israel and Yom Shabbat, right? Mikadesh HaShabbat, usually on Shabbat. But instead we get Yom HaZikaron here or HaShabbat the Yisrael, the Yom HaZikaron here. And then we get something we say, now we're back to territory that we say every single day. So if we are, if it were Tuesday, you would recognize same as what we say to any Tuesday, right? Or if we're Shabbat, right? But 
we're in Rosh Hashanah, so we're not. So the Nusach is the only thing keeping us different, okay? All the way through Vitecha Zene Nenu, all of this is going to be the same Nusach as usual. It is to- literally this entire page except for one exception. This one has the same thing as that other Ni'ila piece. Uchtov lechaim tovim kol veritecha. And write, um, and write for life, that is a good life, all of the children of your covenant, right? And when we get to Neila, that switches to and seal for life, for good life, okay? Now also switches over. But that's the only exception on this entire page. The rest of the page is identical to everyday davening where we say, thank you, God. We do the Modim paragraph where the leader does this paragraph. We do this paragraph in parallel to them. We say that this weird little paragraph where the congregation says it first and then the leader says it. And then there's a full bow here, by the way, but you don't have to worry about that. That's for the leader to worry about. And finally, if we're in a minion, we do the priestly blessing, just as usual, sim shalom, but there's one thing to know. Before sim shalom ends, before it ends, we get besefer chaim. It gets plugged in right there. Okay, besefer chaim, or whatever tune for besefer chaim you do. Sefer Chaim, whatever tune you're doing, it gets plugged in in the middle, like before the Chatima, before that little end, and the Chatima changes, right? Um, gets changed to Ose HaShalom. And that also changes clothes like the Torah mantles do. It changes for all of the 10 days, okay? Ose HaShalom stays changed for all 10 days. So it's once we get past that Mekadesh Yisrael ve Yomazikaron, we basically are back in totally familiar territory, except for those itsy bitsy little insertions that are special for the days and are mostly special for all ten days. Okay, and then we get to Avinu Malkinu, but not on Shabbat. So the first day of Rosh Hashanah this year, we will not say Avinu Malkinu. And I'm going to save that for next time. And you'll have to hold on to that teaser I gave you, which is what's the other piece of liturgy that we'll get to next time in the Torah service that's similar to the Micha Mocha. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.